Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. 1 Corinthians, second chapter. Verses one and two. This is Paul writing here. Important, important scriptures. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I want everybody to read that last part out loud with me as I begin to read. Please read with me. Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm going to reserve giving you my title for just a moment unless they've already put it on the screen. I'm going to reserve it until after we pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our time together in your house. We pray your blessing and your wisdom to be a part of everything that's said and done. We are asking for a touch of the Holy Ghost. We know that your word will not return void, but that if we will allow it, it will do work in our lives. So we thank you for your word and we readily accept your word. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ and let everyone say amen Amen. and you may be seated. The song that you're hearing lightly played behind me this morning was played first in a living room. The year was 19 and 12 and the evangelist's name was George Bernard. He was an evangelist that was traveling throughout the Midwest and he was being heckled incessantly by young people at revival meetings in Michigan. Of course it was Michigan. They were heckling him because there was something in their spirit. Brother Mack, I think they had unforgiveness in their spirit. But that evangelist, George Bernard, he said, I seemed to have had a vision in prayer. I saw the Christ and the cross inseparable. The melody began to come easily, he said. And during a series of meetings, he would then gather in the living room with Reverend Leroy and Ruby Bostwick. And he would begin to sing a song that made its way into its first revival the next year on June the 7th, 1913. And he wrote those words, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. How many remember the chorus of that old song before I even would begin to mention it? So while cherish the old 
rugged cross. I thank you for playing through that intro because now I would like to give you my assignment for the next few minutes in the form of a question. How far is the hill? Because I would submit to you at the beginning of this message on this Sunday morning in June that if the cross is ever too far from your life, you cannot live what the cross is calling you to live. But I would also submit to you that if you want it today, the cross of Christ is available to you. It is available that you might find forgiveness even like this evangelist some hundred years ago who had to find forgiveness from the Lord, he also had to find forgiveness in his heart towards those that were heckling against him. Because he had to come to this understanding, they're really not against me, but they are against the God that I serve. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you today, God's shoulders are strong enough for any accusation. And... And I am 100% convinced that if they could experience him like I have experienced him. In fact, let me just bring it to every person in the audience here today. I would tell you unashamedly, if you touch God the way that I know I have been able to touch God, and if he touches you, the way that I have felt him touch my life. It doesn't matter who makes fun of you. It doesn't matter who ridicules you. Let me take it a step farther. It doesn't matter whether your family understands it or not. Let me take it one step farther. It doesn't matter if the enemy tells you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not able. When I really allow the work of the cross in my life, then it doesn't matter what the obstacle is. I find strength in the cross. When seeking God for this service, laying before the Lord and asking him who would be here, what would you have for me to preach to the people that would gather? These words continued to resonate in my spirit over and over and over again. The Lord just continued to prompt me these words. Tell them about the power of the cross. Remind them about the power of the cross. So whoever I'm preaching to today, I want you to know that the cross still saves sinners. The cross still frees the captive. Let me be very clear, time out. Not just any cross, the cross. Because there's all kinds of people that have died on all kinds of crosses. That time and now, there are people that are giving their lives on the cross of career. There are, yes they are. There are people that are giving their lives on the crosses of inconsistency, weariness, and fatigue. But I'm not talking about any worldly or any sinful manufactured crosses. No, I'm talking about an old rugged cross that he really did walk to. He really did walk to that place. And we still believe he carried the sins of the world to that cross. So if you showed up with addiction, Good news for you on this Sunday. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to carry unforgiveness like Brother Mac talked about. You don't have to carry weariness in your mind. 
I don't want to offend anybody, but this is greater than any pill you might take. This is greater than any bottle you might tip. This is better than any website you might click on. It's the power, the power. Oh, where are my believers at on a Sunday? It's the power of the cross. Because of that cross, I'm healed. Because of that cross, I'm delivered. Because of that cross, I'm set free. I don't know who I'd be without the power of the cross, but I cherish, I cherish the old rugged cross. I cling to the cross. It might be the emblem of suffering and shame, but it is the emblem of power and sanctity sanctification it is the source of my strength i cling Ooh, man i feel i feel the holy ghost i feel like i've got to tell somebody again if you will cling to the cross here's what i found out brother dugas i have found this out about the lord it is hard to cling to the cross and your problems at the same time you carry everything you want to. You carry your will. A lot of people, no one saw it, but you carried all kinds of baggage into this place today, dragging it behind you. I'm telling you right now, in order to appropriately cling to the cross, you gotta set down all the cares of this world. You gotta set down all the distress of your mind. You gotta set down everything else. Hey, 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 evangelist, what about those kids that are heckling you? i tell you what it did. It drove me back to the cross. And as I began to get alone with the Lord, I found myself pinning, Bernard said, those words on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. And he said, it seemed inseparable to me, the Christ and the cross. And we preach that he got off the cross because he did. And we preach that he got out of the grave because he did. But God forbid that we ever separate Christ from the sacrifice that he made. His life was not taken. His life was given. He gave of himself for you and for me. And so do I cherish the cross? Yes, I do. I'm going to make a bold statement. Not sure if the marketing team's going to like it. Hopefully nobody else watching gets offended. But when we rebranded this church, we wanted the cross in the... Well, we probably ought to do that because it's on that giant tower. Well, yeah, that's a good idea. But we also do it because it is centrality to our very faith that without the cross, there is nothing we don't just serve another God. We don't serve just another rabbi. We serve the mighty God who manifested himself. And for the sins of mankind, he walked to an old rugged cross and he took the pain of the Old Testament and he took the pain of the New Testament. And at the cross, at the cross where I first And if we find him, we will find him at the cross. One writer penned it this way. The cross of the New Testament was the life of sacrifice. But the cross of our generation is the cross of convenience. I don't want to be bothered into sacrifice. I don't want to be bothered into a cross.
But I remind us today, crowns follow crosses. Resurrection follows death. Miracles are the direct result of dire need. In order to get one, you must have the other. For the scientists in the room, for every action, equal and opposite reaction. The only difference is it's not based on scientific logic. It's based on eternal promise. I had a debt that I could not pay. Born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And there is a prosecutor called Satan that shows up all the time trying to remind me of who I am. Trying to get the judge to place the gavel down that I am guilty. But the best part of the story is that my defense attorney is also the judge. In our case, the defense attorney steps down and goes up to the judgment seat and says, wait a minute, his defense is my blood. I shed my blood for him. Brother Mac, I've gotta forgive others, but the only reason I can is because he forgave me. Forgive not our trespasses as we forgive those. Come on, as we forgive those that trespass against us, somebody ought to lift your voice and just say, thank God for the blood. Yeah. Woo. The horrific events of 2000, September 11th, 2001. Many of you know, many of you remember you recognize where you were on that September 11th day when the news began to roll. And many of you know already where I am going as they worked tirelessly to sift through the rubble while America was trying to gather her bearings. We saw in devastation the greatest uniting of our country that I personally have ever lived through. Devastation, devastation brought unity. It reminded us some of the stuff we've been worrying about doesn't really matter. First responders, not just from New York, but from all around the country, made their way to that city. They worked tirelessly through the rubble, listening, reaching, Desperately groping for survivors. They were not looking, Pastor Lopez, for people who were not injured. They were not looking for people who were free and clear. They were looking for people that the rubble had knocked down, but not destroyed. And in the midst of all that chaos, one of our first responders gentleman by the name of Frank on September the 13th, almost 48 hours later, stumbled across there in the wreckage, the picture that you'll see here of these cross beams. Looked like a cross somehow standing now 
standing there permanently. They said that cross in the rubble, regardless of what anybody believed, that cross became a gathering place where they would come together and they would weep tears and they would pray for power and they would pray for God to help them and to lead them to people that were surviving and not dead yet. Frank said it was the cross in the midst of the rubble. It was the cross in the midst of the torture. It was the cross in the midst of the distress that let us know if we could push on. He said, and it was the cross that gave us strength to save others. Can I tell you we're here? Because the cross gives us strength. How can the emblem of death give us strength? Because I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Come on, say it like you mean it. Nevertheless, I live. Not I. Not I. Come on, even if you didn't know it, you ought to hear enough people saying that you can say it now. Not I. But Christ lives in me. That's why, Brother Harrison, you got to forgive me, I'm a little passionate this morning. We are not intimidated by the rubble of this world. Not because of some iron cross in the middle of the devastation, but because an old rugged cross from some 2,000 years ago. Is the world dark? Yes, but his people are alive and well. You got the power of the cross. You got the power of the cross. You got the power. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you better believe you got the power of the cross. Now I got some elders in the room that really wanted me to sing the old rugged cross when we started. Wave your hand if you wanted me to sing when we got started. I just want to see the hundreds of hands that I feel. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Would you be more excited if I sang the song or if you got to live the life? I know the answer, but I'm asking. You know why we love that song? A, because a lot of us were raised on it. But not just because we were raised on it. It raised us. It was the cross, not the song. It was the man, not the melody. Whoa, man, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right here, right now. We're going to sing it here in a few minutes. But before we sing it, I want to know if we still celebrate it. I want to know if we still believe in the old rugged cross. I mean the old rugged cross that washed. You know what the cross tells the enemy? You lose. You lose. You lose. You read this cross and you know that the Lamb of God died for us. Let me end with this. 1633, the Dutch artist Rembrandt. Rembrandt became a household name, whether you're an art fan or not. Brother Jared Turner and I were recently talking about the downtown art exhibit here, which used to be so beautiful with its timeless pieces that were housed there. And yet if you go in now, and no offense to anybody who likes modern art, <laughs> 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 
one of our recent exhibits for modern art was a banana duct tape to the wall. <laughs> Kid walking by took the duct tape off and ate the banana. <laughs> they said that was a $250,000 banana. The devil is a liar. <laughs> but now if you go and you try to look at that and you see those timeless pieces paired with some things, and I, I don't mean it disparaging, but Rembrandt's a household name whether you're an art fan or not, but some of his greatest works are known because of his love for Scripture. He would take narrative from the text and he would begin to paint or etch and work in different forms. But one of his most famous paintings, The Raising of the Cross, pretty incredible image here that you see. And those that studied the work were enamored because there at the very base of the painting was someone they recognized. Rembrandt himself painted himself into the picture. Stating that if he ever forgot it was for his sins the cross was lifted. Whew. Then the cross might be in vain in his own life, to which I humbly and conclusively submit to you on behalf of the multiple people we're about to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. And for anyone that is so far removed, you can't feel the water on your skin. Or maybe that First prayer is so far away that you cannot feel the ruggedness of the wood as the cross was lifted. But genuine repentance has a tendency to make us feel the cross. Genuine repentance has a tendency to make us want to cherish the old rugged cross. One of my greatest fears is that we want beautiful buildings with beautiful crosses. I want beautiful buildings, but I want real crosses. Would you lift your hands? Might you make this a personal prayer setting across this room for this moment? I'm going to get you started in the prayer if you'll let me. I'd like you to start your prayer like this. Lord, let the cross be real to me. Whew. Lord, let the cross be real to me. I must remember the work that you have done the work that you have accomplished. I must remember that I was dead in my sins and my trespasses. If you're in this room today, I'm asking every person that we might say, God, forgive me for anything in my life that is in conflict with why you went to the cross. If I've got sin in my mind, 
would you forgive me? If I have sin in my heart, if I've held on to bitterness, would you forgive me? If there are things in my life, things that I am been entertaining that I've been doing that are not pleasing to you I'm asking you to forgive me to forgive me would you pray that prayer of repentance would you put it in your own words now and would you begin to pray I'm asking our members to lead in prayer right now Pray aloud so that your neighbor might feel the confidence to pray. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my spirit. Come on, I know we're not taking communion today, but it feels like we're in communion with the Lord right now. If I need to, I want to feel the ruggedness of the beams. I want to feel the weightiness and remember. If need be, give me a fresh reminder of the brokenness of your flesh. Uh, if it's been too long, God, help me see the blood run again.